Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2015. I hope and I pray (laughs) that this year is going to be incredible for you. The fact that you're listening to this podcast is incredible for us. I'm sitting here with Gavin. Gavin, how's it going? It's going good. I can't really say this is our second year of podcasting because we're only about six months into it, but this is a brand new full slate year. Yes. And I can't be more excited about getting this year rolling and seeing the things that are going to happen, not only for you guys, but for the podcast and and all the feedback that comes in from it. Loving it. Yes. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about building a set building a set okay if you listen to our goals podcast a few weeks back one of my goals for this year is to write a brand new hour of comedy (laughs) and hopefully record that in december and have a new cd of that as well as 12 song cd and some other things going on and some new speeches and you know i think i'm taking this year off speeches (laughs) building an arc maybe or something building an arc (laughs) uh, cubit by cubit yeah (laughs) but one of my goals is to build a new show yeah and i had a couple emails recently about how do you do sets smaller sets and how do you build that into a show so we're going to tackle that here in just a few minutes nice but as always, I like to thank the people and acknowledge the people that left us an iTunes review. This one is from a Canadian listener. This is by Doug, and it says, uh, Hey, Rick, it's Doug from Toronto, Canada. I want to let you know I feel very lucky to have found your podcast. I am new to comedy and find your comedy tips and goal settings. Uh, great comedy tips and goal settings. Great to help me define what I want to get out of comedy. To everyone, check this out. It's so worth it. Thank you, Doug. So I'm not sure if I mistyped or misread the typo there. But comedy tips and goals. To, oh, goals settings. Yeah. Goals to set. Yes. My yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. Canadian's not so good with the English. You hey, know? Great just White kidding. North. I'm just kidding. So thank you very much there. And then one more. This is from Jameis Nickname. Came in on the 29th of 2014. I love this podcast. It's got stuff from the very basics to more nuanced stuff that only someone with experience should really be talking about. Thank you for doing yeah. it. Nice. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Very cool. Keep those rolling in, and we'll read yes, them on the air. Yes, please do. After the holidays, it's the only thing keeping me from killing myself. So Goals. <laughs> <laughs> and positive comments and positive comments. <laughs> well, it, it helps. It. it really helps get things fired up. And it I'm, does. I'm really excited for it. this 2015. It's a huge year. It's going to be big for both of us. It's good. You know what? I this will it. be a, a the first full year that you've thought about comedy as it was, as, yeah. as pursuing it. Absolutely. And so, I know that you've got the goal worksheet from the last podcast oh to get you yeah. kind of on task and and targeted, and that you can kind of track your goals. Uh, big goal, like I said, for me this year is building a set. So, yeah, I'm going to approach this podcast just as if I'm a new comedian, never done comedy. Yeah, like me, like like Gavin. So, <laughs> when you start from scratch, man, I'm sure. It can be overwhelming. Yeah. Now, I kind of stumbled into comedy. You've heard that story before. I figured out as I went. It took me really seven years to figure out how to construct things and make right. it work. Now I know. So I'm going to take this year as, you know, I think I know. Yeah. I've learned a lot. No, you know. But I've learned what not to do as yeah. well. It, yeah. So this this episode, I want Gavin really to interject a lot with questions. But we're going to talk about how you build a set. Because it's a little bit different than writing a joke. Okay. Or, you know, when you have a collection of jokes... So you have 10 jokes. Well, my first question, I guess, when you're saying set, what does that actually entail? Is that a five-minute set, a 10-minute set, an hour-long set? 
a coherent set. <laughs> so let me let me yeah. explain that because it's a good question. Yeah. Everybody can get say a, an open mic show, you know, set for five minutes. Yeah. So the set length is five minutes. Right. But building a set, I'm talking about building a group of jokes together uh-huh. that work really well together. Okay. Putting the jokes in the right order so that there's a flow to it. Okay. Putting jokes in the order where they can each succeed, even though you might have, some, you're obviously going to have some jokes that are funnier than others. Sure. So where do you put those jokes in your set? Okay. What types of jokes? You might have 20 great minutes on a specific topic, but in a one five-minute set where people have to get to know you in the first minute right? and you're gone in the fifth, some of those jokes might not work as well. Yeah. So I'm going to talk today about building a set that once you have it, it's a five-minute chunk of material or a 10 or whatever, all these rules will apply to no matter what length of set you have, but it works as a group. Okay. It's a, a set of routines. Okay. A set of bits. A bit is a collection of jokes. Yeah. So how does that flow correctly? Okay. Whether it's five minutes or 50. Okay. Or I'm working on an hour. So it's all the same. All right, cool. So the, the process is kind of the same. Same, okay. So when you build a set, look at your jokes and identify which jokes define a trust between you and the crowd. Okay. So a, a joke where you show common ground with the crowd. Okay, so this is, you're trying to come up with something that as you walk up and they see you for the first time. Exactly. At what? How are we going to get along? Right. That's basically what you're. And asking. let's be honest. If if you, <clears throat> excuse me, go to an open mic or a comedy show, you're already judging the comic. Yeah. As they're walking up the steps to yes. the stage. Yeah. <clears throat> so, how do you, as a comic, start your show? Okay. If you have a really unique look, a very specific. Maybe you're seven feet tall and you, <laughs> you've got green hair. And yeah. You, you look like the tallest sprout. Yeah. Or maybe you're maybe you're two feet tall. Yeah. Uh, if it's extreme like that, the crowd's going to wonder what you're going to say about that. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. To not address something very – I mean, if you've got 17 piercings on your face – You have to. You have to mention it. You should. It. I mean, yeah. you can definitely do a set and not do it, but if you have a great line about it, it's going to start your set off really fast. Yeah. Because if you don't, what happens is the crowd is waiting well, – they'll wait two or three jokes for you to address it. Yeah. And then if you don't, they're still going to wonder about it. Right. And, and so, be distracted. Yeah. yeah. So you're – it just makes it easier for you to address it and move on. Okay. Uh, you know, I, there was a comic out of Denver. I can't remember his name, but he had a hook. Uh, oh. Not only a great comedy hook, <laughs> but his right or left hand was a hook. Oh, okay. Where's this going right now? <laughs> so when he walked on stage, he would make sure he hit the microphone stand with that and oh. let everybody see it. Yeah. So it wasn't revealed in the fifth minute when they finally noticed. He right, and then kept they it went, in his pocket. Crap, what's going on there? Yeah, so yeah. he kind of hits it and then you know moves the microphone over to his other hand with the hook, and right. everybody notices the hook. Yeah, sure. They're waiting for him to say something about it. Right. And he's like a petting zoo. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. He's not the guy that should be at a petting zoo. Yeah. Right. So he just kind of acknowledges he's got a hook. He has a couple other jokes about it. Yeah. And I don't know if the guy's still even doing it, but this was 15 years ago. Yeah. Great opening line. Everybody saw the the one thing that he had different. And it's tense, and you get that moment of tension. He lets it go. Uh, Brett Leak, who's a great stand-up, who now has um, some physical things happening where he actually needs to be helped onto the stage and set on a stool. You know, he has to be picked up and set there. He's too weak to walk to the stage, but brilliant comedian. Has one of the great opening lines of all comedy. Uh, He actually does a couple of quick jokes, and he goes, okay, obviously (laughs) I've got a um, disability. Yeah. 
and the crowd's looking at me, like, what's he going to say? Yep, a degree in economics oh, right. or whatever yeah. it might be. Right, right, right. So it's something that's totally it's the wrong used, one. Yeah. yeah. So he addresses it, but he doesn't say anything specific yeah. about his condition. But he addresses the fact that I know you're thinking about it. Sure, sure. Let's not worry about it. Yeah. There was one I was talking to a friend, uh, and they were kind of asking about the class, you know, about uh, the class that you offer, and, and I said it's it's a it's genius and it's brutal. I said, um, I said one thing that you do with with uh, in inside the class is you kind of everyone's totally honest with you and they give you pointers and and I told this person I said you know if if you're fat <laughs> like they're going to tell you in the first minute of your stand up you're going to have to mention that and I, and you should mention it you should use it and so it, it was a huge moment like when they they came to the realization like I'm going to have to put all this stuff that's visual and that the audience is going to see that I fear about myself that's the first thing that's got to be up for up for grabs in my in my material so i said you know hey dude you're overweight that's going to be the first thing and so right. that was and he was like oh great that, okay all right i was like all right now you're on now you're on to it yeah you know what else sometimes we do in the class on the very first day where nobody knows each other oh. they're all strangers um i haven't done this in a while maybe i'll do it on monday when we when we do the next class is i get people to stand up in front of the class yes and everybody in the audience just yell out or or say <laughs> you know what do you think this person does for a living no, uh huh. How old do you think this person is? Right. Do you think this person has kids, family? Uh, then I have the person speak. Yeah. In front of the group, just for I'll just give them a sentence to say, and then we try to guess where you're from. Oh. And the feedback people get from that is really interesting. Is like, you guys think I look like I work at Home Depot, or you guys think I I look like a doctor? I, I absolutely had that. Uh, somebody I I had the, uh, I guess the in the inner my inner brain tells me from years of being bullied and stuff in high school or whatever, it tells me I'm this like weakling nothing. And then all of a sudden someone said, uh, oh, your material really fits you because you look really manly and you got the beard and you're, you know, and I was like, really? And so it, it that, that exercise helped me so much because I was like, gosh, I guess that's how I come across. Right. And I was like, but it was so different because I'd never thought that way. So it changed it changed everything about my comedy, like how, how it comes across and, and maybe the bits I can write mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. It was so helpful. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And, you know, sometimes it's not the laugh we want to hear. Uh, yeah. You know, like I've got a, a joke where I talk about my kid realizing he looks like me. Yes. You know, and he says, you know, I said, what do you think about that? He's like, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> and the laugh is really big from the crowd. Yeah. And, and I want to like slap and I got a tagline. I'm like, you should not be laughing that hard, you know. <laughs> But it's it acknowledges something. Yeah, and so it I, you can you create a a bond with the crowd. Right. You release anything that they're going to be hung up on. Yeah. And you've got a common ground to start off on. You, yeah. You acknowledge something that builds trust with the with the audience. Yeah. And getting them to trust you or like you is a big step. Yeah. And you're not. It's really interesting. You can't out cool the audience. Nah. Like you can't. Be, well, I've been to a few. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know. They're not going to connect with somebody like Brad Pitt up there. They're going to connect with somebody who's like them, and they have faults. You have faults, right. and so the sooner you get on the same page with the audience on that, you'll connect immediately. Yeah, so. you know what's really interesting? I just thought about it's kind of the opposite of how you act online. Not yes. you specifically, no, but people yeah, yeah, in yeah. general. Yes, the humble brag, <laughs> and it's just it's so done. You know, over overdone I've been, online. I've been helping so many charities. This is so great. Yeah. If you came up and that was your first line, they'd go, "Oh, whatever." Right. But when you're on stage and it's you see the eyes and the people's reaction, you realize you need to kind of build that bond with what's what's common. Yeah. So that's that's what I talk about building a set. Look at your group of jokes that you have. 
and if it's a five minute set, what would be your first one or two jokes to, to kind of get bond. the ball rolling? Right? Okay, you know, you might have a line that that totally disengages the audience, and you think it's hilarious, and it might be your best, well constructed joke. Joke. But it might not be the best one to open up with. Yeah, okay. Now, I want you to experiment with all these things and, and prove me right and prove me wrong, but this is what I'm talking about, easy success. Yeah. Make it easy for yourself. Yeah. All right, then you can add challenges. There's <laughs> enough challenges already. <laughs> okay, so that's the first thing if you're taking notes. One, yeah. create rapport. Build some trust. Okay, number two, once you've got that, you want to start doing uh, jokes that identify your personality, your mm-hmm. perspective. I don't expect everybody out there to have an extremely defined point of view. Right. But if you do have one, you want to hit a couple of jokes that really show them where you're coming from. Okay. All right. If you don't have that yet, kind of let them know where you're coming from. Okay. Physically, mentally, geographically, you know, let them know why you might be thinking the way you do. Okay. Like, like, what's an example? Well, for example, I had a student come out. Uh, he written a bunch of great jokes, but they're all about being divorced. Oh, okay? right. Not a bad thing. That's yeah. what he was going through. It's authentic. It was real. But he came out so angry about his ex-wife before we found out why they got a divorce. Oh, So right. in this case, I would have probably started with one joke not about the divorce, just about you. Yeah. You know, whatever the audience might notice about you. Yeah. And then you can bring in to the situation, I just recently went through a divorce because she blank, 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 and give them an example of why the audience should identify with you and not with her. Yeah. you got to set the table right. a little bit before. Okay. So if he, But he came blazing out with, you know, she did, you know, he had all these jokes about how he felt about her, but we didn't know why. Right, yeah, yeah. So you so had they to, weren't on the same page. Right. Even so, though, and, and, and a lot of times they're willing to kind of go with you for a couple of jokes, and then then they want to know kind of what happened. Right. You know, or why it's going on, and you know. Right. So you, you want to ad- address that so they can kind of see why you're coming yeah. at this angle so hard, or why is this even relevant to yeah. you? Like if you get up there and you're talking about, you know, Maybe your whole five minutes is about NASA. <laughs> if you never tell us why you're interested in NASA, yeah. then it's just weird. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever the topic might be, but establish your point of view. Kind of let them know that, you know, my point of view for this new show. Right. I'll just walk myself through these steps. So I'm going to come out and, and build a rapport with them as an aging 46-year-old dude right. with very young children. Yeah. And my point of view for this set is trying to figure out where I fit in in this world Right. As a forty-six-year-old guy who's maybe beyond half his life, yeah. So that's that's the filter. We're trying to keep it up. We're trying to keep it upbeat <laughs> keep right now for the new year. We're not trying to go down. Listen, if I don't make it through the episode, I just want to tell you guys that I love you. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean my and I, I'm more recently and still grappling with kind of who I am and what persona. It's me, but I, it's a definitely a persona, I guess, that I'm figuring out I need to do, which is. Um, the biggest thing going on in my life is that uh, I guess what is it like a little tiny bit more than a year ago I got married, so it's kind of like been all my material sort of centering around like my life as a newly married mm-hmm. person, like trying to figure out how you coexist with another human, and and that has been the source of a lot of m- my life, and so that's that's what's coming across. But when I went up there, the first thing I had to say was. Uh, and I, I got this advice from you, which was, uh, regardless of who asks, just say it's six months ago. Like, you know, just say you were married six months ago or whatever, so because it sets the table for you having these problems or these discussions. Right. Um, 
Make it as and that, recent and relevant as you can. Yeah. There's no reason to say 19 and a half months ago I got married. Right. Yeah. Because so the problem you're so still having is the problems of a six, you know. It's the six month. Yeah. yeah. I haven't matured at all. No. Um, but the, uh, but it's, it was so much easier and people understood it uh, when I said, you know, I just got married six months ago and, you know, it's insane. I don't understand the pillows in my house or whatever right. the, thing, the whole thing is. But it, it really helped people frame who I was. Um, and why I was having these issues, and and it it helped immensely, you know. And that's why um, you see some comedians are, who are on the opposite. They go, you know, good lord, I've been married for thirty years, and you know, and then they talk about you know something else. But if they if they didn't address that, you'd go, I don't know, when were they married? Like I right. don't know why he's still doing this thing, or why why you know it helped that that the advice of kind of letting the audience know that this is a recent thing, mm-hmm. um, you know that that uh, I think Jim Gaffigan had, had the had a moment like that where he had. Was it three kids or four kids or something? Five like now, I Five, think. Yeah, and I he, think. but he had a moment in his set where he like had to realize that he had to change his setup quite a bit because he had another child. Uh-huh. You know, um, he's got the great lines. Like people say, "What's it like having five babies?" He's like, "Pretend you're drowning in the water, <laughs> and somebody throws you another baby." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that was it because before he had had a bunch of intro material written. You know, because people knew he had four kids, and he right. had talked about that for years, and then all of a sudden he had another one, and he had to change it all up. You know, and so that's that's I don't know that that you have to look at who you are and who people see you as, and and that's that was mine was the right. marriage thing. You know, because right. I came on there and I had the wedding ring and I have all that and I have a, I have a lot of frustration. Sure, um, you know, so that's what was coming across. You know, yeah, and it's the second level of letting people get to know you. I mean. We started off with a physical thing, acknowledge that. Yeah. Now, who are we on the inside? Yeah. So you got somebody the outside did ask inside. my wife. Somebody did ask my wife, "Oh, you're, oh, you're his wife." Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was at the show, and I was like, "Oh man." Yeah. So that's true, though. But, you know, but that sets the stage for all your material. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's like a subtle extra foundation that's it's it's living there behind each premise you come up with is yes. this is a premise from a guy who just got married. Yeah. Not just from a comic on stage. Right. It creates some depth to your material. It creates relatability. People after the show they may not remember one specific joke, but they remember you were the guy that just got married. Yeah. And that's one stepping stone on, on getting people to remember who you are. That that and that helped so much. Um the other thing, you know, was um in those jokes like am i gonna be am i the smart husband or the dumb husband that was the other thing that was really hard for me to pick like my point of view right well i'll say this though i mean that's a great thought to have in the back of your mind but don't at this stage where you're still fairly new don't worry about that okay just write the jokes, write the jokes, write the jokes. Just and, get them out there. And then they will help define who you are. Okay. If you try to define who you are before you it. write your material, you'll have analysis paralysis. Where yes, you're fr- I, that is what I tend to do. So you want to get it out there and then keep what, what works and realize, like, you don't know. you Mentally, just yeah. like you thought you were the guy who looked one way when they told you you looked tougher. Yes, yeah. You don't know what the audience is thinking. Yeah. And same with your material. You don't know until you get into it. Right. And your material will start to define who you are. Okay. And it will connect with who you really are. Okay. Because over time, you can't f- fake who you are on stage through the material. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, unless you're pulling off an extreme character thing, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So don't worry about that. Don't worry about defining your point of view so much that you won't write anything until it fits that. Okay. What you write will define what fits with, with your point of view. Okay. All right. All right. So you almost need like 20, if you write 20 jokes, you'll see a pattern. 
and that will help you identify where you're coming from. Okay. But if you set the pattern and try to write 20 jokes, initially, it's hard. Okay. On the other end, where I'm at 23 years later, it's, it's a huge asset to know through the years what people expect out of me and what I can say and where, you know, yeah. my point of view for this particular hour. Okay. But I've done it for 23 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, I don't have 23 weeks, you <laughs> want to kind of just get as many jokes out there yeah. as you can. I come in here and bounce it off of you. <laughs> so. Yeah, which is fine. But yeah. you want to make sure that the jokes get out there. Okay. You know, you cannot write too many jokes. Yeah. You know, just get them out there and that'll help you kind of figure it out. All right, so let's say you've got that role and people know who you are on the outside. On yeah. the inside, your point of view's kind of developed. The material you do in the middle of your set, whether it's five minutes or 50 minutes or 10 minutes, that should be an area where mat- the newer material comes out. Uh-huh. If you're working on some things, trying to adjust it, trying to tweak some jokes or brand new, the crowd is warmed up. They like you already. Mm-hmm. It's a great little laboratory, that little three minutes okay. in the middle or whatever you choose it to yeah. be. That's where I try to work on new material. Okay. A little tricky with doing a whole new hour. Yeah. <laughs> because I have to start off with the new openers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I've kind of figured those out over the past few weeks, and now I can kind of gradually build it out. Yeah. But you want to try your new material out in the middle of your set, and it should still reflect what you set up in the, in the previous couple of minutes. Yes. How does it feel, I guess, how does it feel knowing you have, like, all this stand-up history behind you and then writing new material that doesn't work? You know, well, or I go through the exact same thing that you. Everybody hitting the open mic for the first time goes through. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do one Saturday. I'll have like a seven minute set, and five minutes of that is all going to be stuff I've never heard over a microphone before. Oh. I'll start with maybe a minute that I've kind of tweaked over the past few weeks. It's a good opening bit, yeah, and a closing. But it's but all it's new. A, still a new opening bit for you. Still a just, new opening it's just bit. Been, you've done it a few times. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Re, I just started working on it during the Christmas party oh, okay. season and stuff, and it's working fine. So I've got <laughs> I've got to build it. But I know here's the thing is I know out of seven minutes, maybe half of it won't be that great. Right. Well maybe so, all of it might not be that great. But I guess the question is like as we're building a set, how did you know that stuff went in the middle? Because it hasn't been tested? Yeah, yeah. That's so you're okay. Right. So as I say say let's just say everything goes great Saturday and yeah. all seven minutes seem to work. Okay. I'll Push. I'll, I'll put, I'm, He's doing hand motions. Yeah, so in the <laughs> here's a, a length. Put your arms all the way out. Right, that's that's four seven and a half minutes. Feet. All right, and now bring your hands straight forward like you're going to land an airplane in that little space. Ten inches, yeah. Is where I'm going to put my next chunk of new material. Okay, gotcha. And if that works, I'm going to push those jokes out. I'm going to build from the middle out. Build after I've from got, the middle out. After I've got my opening jokes okay. and my closing jokes. That's pretty good piece of advice build from the middle out yeah it's it might sound weird and uh, you're anchoring it basically between two pieces you know work at least well enough to to cl- yeah for open now it and close it for now yeah i just want them to know who i am in that first couple of minutes and and wrap up we'll talk about that in a second okay. with something strong but keep moving the material it's almost if like you're just throwing rocks in a pond yeah and you see the waves go out you just a little, keep throwing it keep throwing it in the middle right and make that middle part bigger yeah. then pretty soon that swells out to 50 yeah. minutes I love it, these hand motions. Man, it's, it's a challenge <laughs> it is. Uh, in a lot of in a lot of ways. But I'm looking forward to this Saturday. Yeah. And I'm recording every set. I'm going to bring in some clips of what's okay. working and not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll show you a month down the road how that joke's changed. Okay. That's a big part of this next year is I want to show you how we it could grows. analyze it. And... Absolutely. I'll share the same mistakes that everybody out there is making. Yeah. I'm going to make because it's new. But my goal isn't to have a great seven minutes the very first time. Right. My goal is to have a new hour by the end of the year. Yeah. Allow so it doesn't have to be perfect every time. You just need to know whether it's going to work or not. And exactly. And then you cut it or stick it 
in and then throw something else in the middle and move it out. Right. Okay. It's, I think what's kind of kept me from doing as much new material as I've liked in the past is I've, I've had the expectations that it should be great to fit in right. w- with the show that's already established. Yeah. Because people are calling you back from for repeat, repeat, repeat gigs. Right. So you got to deliver. Sometimes you got to deliver, I guess, what they already expect. You the ones their so favorites. Yeah. But you still want to have a lot of yeah. new stuff. Okay. And so that that's a big part of why I want the new hour for this year. So the years moving forward, I can call back every client Everything. that I've ever had. Yeah. And say, I've got a whole new show. Marketing. Yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely get on that yeah. down the road too. So <laughs> there is a genius behind all of this. <laughs> it is like, it, there's a lot of things happening at the same time. Yeah. But the key is making them happen. Okay. If I could sit around for two months going, I need to get that new year written. But so like news. that you're sort of doing stuff. I mean, you have, you have clients and you have shows that you have booked that, you know, for instance, if you can get a new hour, you can call those people back and get another hour. Right. So if I'm just starting out and I'm throwing new material in the middle, uh, how do I know whether I'm doing good? I mean, I mean, it's all based on your laughs. Okay. It's there's a, you know, there's, that's a good question. There's a lot of criteria, but initially you should be really focused on edited joke, getting down to the few, mm-hmm. as few as the less you talk and the more they laugh, yeah. the bigger the win. The better. Okay. All right. So your last per right minute. Right now I'm the opposite. I talk yeah, I mean, a lot. You might a go a laughs. minute and yeah. get one big laugh or a laugh. And then in that second minute, you kind of pick up some momentum. We want to close the gap on that first minute. Okay. You know, a reasonable goal for everybody to set out there is, I mean, if you're very, if you're just starting, a, a laugh every 20 seconds if you're just starting. Yeah. But you want to have six to eight laughs per minute as you move forward. Okay. That's what's going to make people think you're funny. Yeah. Is the, is the frequency of the laughter. Okay. And so that's one thing you can gauge just by looking at a stopwatch and, and making some check marks yep. on a sheet of paper. And you make them then have your spouse or your best friend make them because you may be giving you check marks <laughs> where you don't deserve them. But yeah. you can, that's something I, I'll be able to check Saturday. And then Tuesday when I do another set, same length, Okay, I'll tweak it and hopefully have an increased amount of laughter. Because you'll just uh, edit and replace. Yeah, I don't, like I say, I don't expect this first seven minutes to go super okay. smooth, but I'm going to take what didn't work and tweak it and take what did work and make sure I perfectly allow those jokes to happen. Okay. Same, the exact same way. Right. And I've learned over the years, and, and even new, new comics realize this, but it's just a pause, the change of a word small things. lots of little things and yeah. that's you know the writing class is a lot about that in the performance class but this is not about that <laughs> all right so so the the new set you've got your create your rapport build trust establish some common ground yep. right then you establish your point of view uh-huh. and you define who you are best you can yeah don't feel like you have to in order to move on but give them some jokes of where you're coming from now in the middle section you're trying out new material um but let's say you've already got your 10 10 jokes you're going to put in this yeah. set so your jokes that are a little bit weaker, maybe mm-hmm. that's what you put in the middle. Okay. Okay, so that they can have a chance to, to get warmed up too. And if you know what jokes you want to end the set with, look in that middle part of your material mm-hmm. and see if you can set up a callback for one of your closing jokes. Okay. So let's say, let's say Gavin, your last joke in a 10-minute set is about building a light fixture out right. of rope for oh your wife. God. All right, so... And this uh, is something you talked I'm about. I'm actually doing this. Right. Yeah. Something you saw on Pinterest where you take yes. a rope and wrap around a balloon, pop hey. the balloon, the, the rope stays, whatever. Yeah, it's going to burn our house down, I'm sure. Right. So early in the set, maybe you talk about something being uh, her stringing you along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah maybe yeah. She, uh, you feel like uh, this relationship with her 
is the the last string or so, yeah. string on yeah. you know so you can set up some terms that you can call back in that later set yeah well I'd, or the I'd, light going off yeah or on whatever might be setting that up and put some little triggers that you can call back in the middle part of your right stroke. gotcha Okay. Uh, kind of a, a abstract concept to discuss here, but no, no, I, I get it because I, I, I've thought about a lot of those things, like you know, discussing the relationship, and then you know, is there any way to like tie that to a totally different subject, you know, right? So that you know. yeah, and, and once again, once you know what your last few jokes should be, it's easier to do. And you do you if you got like a huge laugh with some of your stuff in the middle, would you? Then you'd be like, oh, maybe maybe I should close with that instead of the old closer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. then you move that to the end. Yeah. When <coughs> you sh- here's what's weird is is typically now for me the newer jokes get the biggest laughs. Yeah. Well, and probably you're selling them more too, right? You're more aware of them. You slow down. Yeah. And you you want to hear that laugh because it's yeah. new. It's really <laughs> weird. It's yeah. really weird. And to the audience, it may not be any different than the rest of the laughs, but it's a new laugh you've never heard. It's like a new baby. Right. I've yeah. got a new joke baby. Yeah, yeah, joke yeah. babies. <laughs> All right. So, but yeah, I may take that and go, okay, this is a closer. And I've done that in this past year, taking some of the stuff that was in the middle and getting rid of my closer I've been doing forever. Gotcha. You know, and same thing with the opening lines. And that's what's nice about trying out in the middle. There's no pressure because you can still come back with that tried and true. You know what's going to happen in a couple minutes. You know you've got a solid laugh. Right. But if that joke in the middle becomes solid, move it to the end or open it. All right. So that's one thing I would try to do in the middle is build those little triggers for callbacks, look for opportunities. Then as you start to wrap up your set, Whatever you established early on, if you want to come full circle with it, uh-huh. maybe you set up at the beginning that it's hard to be a newly married man. Yes. But throughout your five to ten minutes, you've had some success being newly married, and you wrap up with a bit to show the crowd that you've learned something right. in that six months of being married. Then you've kind of like it's a title will not on Yeah, because that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I guess when I'm thinking like I see people – build their set like if they're doing like an hour-long set or something you can watch them on netflix or whatever and they'll come out and it's like really fast jokes and it's like bam 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 they're kind of doing almost what you would see like a seven minute set you know Mm -hmm. just it's everything's tight it's just it's sporadic they're they're not really i don't know um i don't know how to describe that they're not telling a story really but they're just hitting real quick jokes right and then all of a sudden the middle section seems to be like so i went to christmas dinner and then it's like a, lo- a twenty-minute version of some story with some jokes in there and some funny parts, but it's like real relatable right. and that kind of thing. And then the end, sort of out of nowhere, all of a sudden speeds up, and it's like boom, 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 boom. And right. you know, think of any entertainment event. Uh huh. Okay, and we can go through several just to show you how this. Yeah. You, you've you've noticed something very smart. Of course, they're going to come out strong. Yeah. And they're going to end strong, right? Right. Think about the. Uh, Anything besides the 100-yard dash, because that's a sprint the entire time. <laughs> Say it's the mile. Yeah. The initial thrust, trying to get that lead or to draft or get in the second place so you're drafting yeah. up. There's that action, then there's a pace. Okay. And then there's an extreme pace at the end. Finish, okay. If you go see a movie, depending on the movie, the opening segment could be a huge car chase. Then it's, right, right, Then there's right. a pace, and then it ends with a big twist. Yeah. All right? Say it's a, a football game. Yeah. Kick off, guys running full speed down the down the yeah. field, knocking somebody's block off, and then it's the pace of the game's established, and then the last two minute drill of the game, they push, boom, yeah, right. So everything that people are glued into, yeah, there's a kind of a, that arc to it. Stand up can be the same, should be the same. I mean, there's no specific way, right? But most successful sets will start strong, have a pace, end strong, and as you get better, you have a stronger sections throughout that show yeah 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 you know 
I will say this, if you're building a longer set, um, make sure that you allow, when you're really hitting them hard, uh-huh. some time for the audience to recover a little bit. Uh, sometimes you you want them to laugh a little longer. Sometimes you want to, you know, this kind of goes with experience, but you want them to go ahead and laugh it all the way out. Okay. Then start again. There'll be times where you want it to go. What do you mean laugh all the way out? Well, in, in most shows, I want them, there's, there's the pace, there's the rhythm. Yeah. There's the rhythm. But if you're hitting them hard all the time for uh-huh. seven minutes, ten minutes, eventually they actually do need to take a drink of their beverage. They get tired. Or to, yeah. order another drink. Yeah, and, or yeah. it's been the same thing for seven minutes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let them hit the a big pace. laugh. Yeah. yeah. Let them laugh it all the way out. You relax. You on stage get a drink of water, and now you move on to the Reset next section. Reset yourself and yeah. then move it. Okay. It's a great way to frame a new section of material by doing that. It's a great way to acknowledge, okay, we're off to a good – We've got that trust. I don't need to rush and impress you anymore. Yeah. We've got that trust. Now I'm going to do a slightly different thing. Yeah. And I actually heard, uh, I remember um, going to one show where actually I kind of heard the guy do a transition and he was like, all right, I like you guys. You guys yeah. are doing great. It's, uh, all right, yeah, my family. So I got this fan and it was like, oh my gosh, he just, he did, he did, he relaxed. Right. Like that was his moment of transitioning everybody from like, hey, we're going to be doing rapid fire into like, oh, right. like, all right. Everybody yeah. ready for just this, this? We're gonna go on a little ride here for a little while, and then before you knew it, all of a sudden he was super intense at the end, you know. Right. Um, but that was, I guess, all planned, and I yeah. did not know that when I was there. Exactly. But well, I remember hearing that one transition. I was like, "Oh, you, everybody in the audience just sort of was like, oh, okay, we're in.' Right. Like we're good. It's it's really natural. I mean, think about meeting. Say somebody called you up you went to school with back in high school. Yeah. Like Gavin, I'm at the Starbucks in the corner of Lebanon or whatever. Can you come down and see right. me? That first two minutes you walk in, blah, 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 it's hugged, blah, blah, blah. it's high fives, yeah. it's what have you been up to? Oh my god! Yeah. And then you sit down, <laughs> and you, you sp- and then when you get up to leave, oh, make sure you call me. Here's my phone number. Here's my email address. Don't make. Hey, we should yeah. do this again. Yes. So there's that energy. That's natural. Yeah. So your set should kind of feel it, like that naturally. Well, it, I'll just say this: it doesn't have to be like that, but if it is, it will feel natural. Okay. I've seen all kinds of versions of yeah. how you hit, hit the stage, right? But that's the most natural. Yeah. So feel free to if you're having trouble having consistent sets maybe that's why okay so all these things are trying to get you to be consistent cool all right and then when you wrap up your set you know you do want to kind of bring it full circle (coughs) if you can but what you really want to try to do is show them something they haven't seen before okay so let's go back to the football analogy yeah uh, preseason games you understand i know nothing about football well okay (laughs) yeah i'll make it i'll make it so even you can understand in the preseason games whether there's four or five or however many they got now they call it a vanilla offense or a vanilla defense. Okay. It's zone. It's very predictable. Plain. The, you would know what defense I'm playing before the game starts because right. you saw it the past three preseason okay. games. All right. So that's just like no experimentation. You're not going to tip your hat. Right. Okay. So in your comedy show, you've hit all kinds of different techniques throughout your show and, and different things. But that last minute, just like in that two-minute offense right. where you're trying to catch the audience off guard or, or you're, you're really hitting them so hard they can't relax and the defense is getting tired yeah you're going to throw a wrinkle in to your plan that they haven't seen before okay it could be that you reveal something that changes everything you said before oh. it could be that you use a different technique that you haven't used yet in this show yeah it could be that you bring in an impression that they didn't expect that's, yeah. that's what I did for years is, is throw the Barney Fife thing in the last five that's minutes the last thing and I, oh and I remember you said that there was a comic who was it that he had a super like redneck accent or something? Yeah, like Ricky Melkle. Okay. Yeah, Grant Turner. So uh, 
just to recap that yeah. thought in case you didn't hear yeah, the other just, podcast. That, just, that occurred to me as maybe that kind of yeah. idea. Grant Turner's a brilliant comedian slash actor. Uh, he does the um, oh the Alabama Theater in Myrtle Beach, I think it's called. Okay. But anyway, he has he has this character Ricky Mokel, right? Where he's a really simple redneck guy. Yeah. You know, and like one of the jokes I kind of remember was. You know what I like to do? I can weed eat the heck out of a, a manhole cover right. or a water meter cover. Yeah. Like just like, that's not a good, good but example, very, yeah. but just very simple stuff. Yeah. But it's very hillbilly-ish, country-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accent, the accents there, yeah. the whole, yeah. And then his closing bit was, you know, I was talking to this fellow the other day and he was like, the galaxies collide in multiple, you know, and he speaks really articulately for like a four minute run on <laughs> sentence. And then so, he pauses and goes, and I was like, on, how do you keep all that stuff in your head? Right. Like yeah. it was something to that effect. Yeah. But the crowd was just like, what? We thought yeah. you were. We thought oh, you were this redneck guy and you're that totally articulate. That changed everything they had just seen for 55 yeah, minutes. Exactly. So maybe your stuff at this point may not be that extreme. Right. But it's showing them one thing that they haven't seen before. Okay. If you don't have that extra gear, maybe you show them or repeat something they really liked earlier. Yeah. So if you had a joke on a topic that they really related to and you had a callback or a, maybe even just a catchphrase. Yeah. Right? You can pull that back in towards the end. Gotcha. But you want to give them something at the end that is either the favorite, similar to the most favorite thing you did for them the entire set or something brand new that they haven't seen that makes them think, wow, this guy's even better than I thought. Yeah, yeah. You kind of do the, uh, the, the same sort of... Uh Twist. Yeah, I mean, every all 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 the jokes have a misdirection, and then I guess your whole set would have a misdirection in that, you know, thing where you th- start throwing that new stuff in there. It's it's almost like a movie where, you know, the the bad guy is the bad guy for three quarters of the movie, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, he's working for the police too, and that's right. the twist at the end that, that right. gets you re re energized to see what's going to happen, and so. Yeah, that, that would be your last, you know, couple minutes maybe uh, right. up there where you throw a twist in and it's like, whoa, whoa, what's he doing right now? Like, yeah. holy crap, you know. And I, I don't want that to sound intimidating to people who are just starting out. That's one option. It's a way to think. Yeah. yeah. Another option would just go back and look at your list of 10 jokes that you're doing for the five minutes and seeing which one has the most last per minute and okay. wrapping with that. Yeah. You end on a high note. So if you've got, let's just for simplicity's sake, you get 10 minutes, Yep. 10 jokes, uh-huh. each joke is a minute. Wow. Let's just say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not impossible, but no, it's no, improbable. No. Yeah. But if if you have, say, one of the, say your top two jokes, uh-huh. uh, the number one joke gets eight lasts in that minute. Okay. And your second best joke gets six. Okay. So you probably want to open with one of those two and close with the other. The other one. Okay. If the joke you're opening with does what we ask you to do and, and establishes that rapport. Yeah. But you want to end on a boom, 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 fireworks. It's, it is just like a fireworks show. Right. Boom, here's the, this is the fireworks show. Pop, yeah. pop, pop, pop. Settle in. You hear Mozart and Beethoven and Bach, and it's the, the you know Boston yeah. pops, and then at the end, everything goes off. Yeah. So it's just like that when you hit the stage. Gotcha. So that's talking about building a, a set that's coherent. Yeah. If you're going out to open mics, you just want to try out new jokes. Try to use this too to help those jokes work, but that's the kind of a, that can be a separate thing where you're just trying to get jokes on the mic. Yeah. Well, and I think the whole point of it is is maybe it helps to actually that there is thought behind the set and that is a another huge part about yes you've written the jokes now go organize the jokes don't just say them right at a a random you know yeah i mean it's even guys like and we've mentioned before like stephen wright who has all these one-liners and really crazy options you know very visual stuff that he's even though he's not a visual person right his jokes are there is a method to his madness sure those jokes cannot be done in any order at all they, there is a specific order that they work the best in right 
And so as you know what your jokes are and what techniques you're using, what your last per minute are with those jokes, you can move those around so that they succeed better. Right. Yeah, I, I sort of had a little bit of a problem with that because I started off with a couple quick ones and then I got into a tiny story and then I tried to throw in another couple quick ones because I thought, oh, I need to keep them, I need to keep them up, keep mm-hmm. them elevated. But they didn't respond to the couple quick ones because they had already relaxed with me. And like they weren't expecting the punchline to come that quick and it was like, oh no, I think they just lost, like I should have stuck that on at the beginning or stuck it on at the end. Yeah, maybe. You know? Yeah, so that it, was, it could be that you... Um, weren't funny. Could be the jokes weren't as strong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's okay to know what your, if you know what your jokes are, you don't get thrown on stage. Okay. We're going to talk in a few weeks about um, when you just bomb. Yeah. You know, what causes it, how you recover for and how you power through if you, if you want to power through it. Yeah. But just knowing what you have and what it is takes all the pressure off. Saturday, I know I've got seven minutes of new jokes. Yeah. Can't wait to hear. Pressure's what off. They're yeah. new jokes. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. half of them work, I'll be ecstatic. Yeah. If three minutes out of seven works, I'll be ecstatic. Yeah. But having seven minutes to analyze and to tweak is what I'm going for. Yeah. Because if three minutes works, then you only have to write fifty-seven seven more, more minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But in a year. In a year. In a year. In a year. Yeah. Cool. So hopefully that helps you guys with the how to build a set. It helped me. Yeah. It, and it helps, helps me, especially at this new start of the year where I'm building a new set. I thought it'd be timely yeah, to get out there. You're doing the same thing everybody else is doing, you know. I'm doing it. Daggone it, I'm doing it. I'm looking at a, <laughs> a, a blank sheet that says, New Show 2015. It, it is, and, and folks, it is a blank sheet. I'm looking at it. It's the third sheet. It's It says, New Show 2015. And I think he didn't have anything to write, so then he wrote a line under that, put a couple squiggles on it to make it artistic. Yeah. And, but it is a blank sheet right now. But by next time we record, some of these jokes on my jokes to try out board are going to move over here. Oh, can't wait. So looking forward to it. Yeah. Hope you guys are fired up for the new year. Yes. Get out there. Get on stage. We're doing it right now. We're, pu- we're pumping them up. I'm pumping up. But yeah. I'm ready to go do a set right now. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. We'll catch you next week Thank on you. the School of Last podcast. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.